How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Hey guys, it's uh, Lisa Stanley, your Renta Yenta, and on today's uh, podcast, What Goes On Around Here, I'll tell you what goes on around here. We've got an actress named Nicole Maines. Remember that name, because you're going to hear it a lot. You may know her already as Nia Nall slash Dreamer in the CW Supergirl. She is the first... And I mean the very first transgender superhero. And it turns out she's a superhero in real life, too. Wait till you hear her story. Hi, Nicole. Hi, how are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. um, Full disclosure, I seem like I have to do this every podcast. I'm friendly with uh, your agents. (laughs) Yes. And I had mentioned to her that I saw you on The Ellen Show. Uh And I knew that she'd represented you, and I was dying to have you in. They're here today, Dee Dee. What did I not drive you crazy? I, I kept asking for you and asking for you. So I am so happy to meet you. I'm so happy to be to here. To say that you are just as beautiful in person as you are on oh TV my gosh, is, thank you very much. I mean, honestly, a beautiful, beautiful girl. Were All we right. rolling for that part? Yes. We're rolling for it. Okay. Send that to me. I'll put it on a loop for you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> All right, look, let's get into your story because your story will be jaw-dropping for a lot of people. Um, you were born a twin, mm-hmm. and your name wasn't Nicole. No, it was not. It no. was Wyatt. Yes. Right? Um, your brother, you have your twin brother, Jonas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were both adopted together by the same family. Yep. And is it true one of your biological parents was your mom's second cousin? Is that how it goes? Yeah, she's uh, technically my great-aunt. So she's my biological grandmother's biological sister everyone's getting adopted in my family it's really hard to keep track. and what why did she give you guys up she was 17 oh well there you have it <laughs> there you yeah, have it yeah <laughs> all right who's older you or jonas me by 10 minutes it seems like they're always 10 minutes apart these twins yeah. well he was supposed to be first but i got pushy and shoved him out of the way is that right yeah <laughs> well now you see why she's where she's at today mm-hmm. um all right you are still a baby. You're only 21 now, mm-hmm. right? Just still turned? 21. October. Just turned 21. But you've been through so much in your 21 years. Let's start from the beginning and try to tell everybody your story. Mm-hmm. Um, your parents adopted you. I'm sure that they had expectations of raising two little boys. Oh, absolutely. Well, right? Yeah. Well, my dad, he grew up. So my dad's story was very, um, uh, is very inspirational um, itself because he grew up very, very poor. And so his whole kind of mission growing up was for his family to get to the other side of the tracks. So it was always um, very concerned with how you're presenting yourself, outward appearances. How you're perceived by others. How you're perceived, what the neighbors are going to think. So, of course, having two twin boys, he was thinking two baseball mitts, two footballs, two hunting rifles. Um, And then, you know, when I wasn't really meeting any of those expectations... Um, that was jarring. And then I guess to not meet them in a way um, where the neighbors would be thinking a lot of stuff um, was. So 
surprising. Yeah, to, to say, say the, the least. least. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In fact, how did that conversation go when you did tell your dad? Did you tell your parents together or did you do one at a time? Well, you know, I so I kind of recognized myself as a girl from as long as I can remember. So like three, I, I think four three years, years old. old, you said, yes. Yeah. So it was it, to me, it was the most natural thing in the world. It was something that I just expected. Um, so I, you know, I went up to my parents and I was kind of like, listen, you know, I've, okay, cool boy, seen it, lived it, loved it. Um, but how at three, I know loved every, it a little less. I know that people probably, this is probably, you probably hate this question, but and sick of answering it. But at three years old, what was the very first thought that went into your brain to say, you know what? I'm in the wrong body. You know, it was weird. There wasn't ever really like a light bulb moment. No, it huh? was just kind of, I mean, it's the same way how you know that you identify as a woman, the same way Gwen and Dee Dee, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's kind of instinctual. And I was fortunate enough to have, you know, an identical twin brother. And so while I was seeing him feel um, validated in his body and I saw him, um, identifying as a boy and being totally comfortable with that, I was not really having any of those same feelings. And I just... I three always, years old. Yeah. It's and, so hard to understand anything, much less something as complex yeah. as that. Well, it's you know, that's the thing. A lot of folks say that it's complex, but I really don't think it is. Because, you know, I think one of the first... Um, opportunities we have to kind of solidify our own identities and to kind of shape ourselves as an individual is gender. It's kind of like one of those first things that we kind of, I mean, it's in a lot of cases, it's kind of like the first thing parents want to know about. They're like, oh, is it a boy or a girl? Yes. I mean, now we have all these gender reveal parties. Oh my God. Those have got to be bad for the birds, right? All the... The glitter and the smoke and the explosions. Well, that's why the cake is a much better idea. <laughs> just cut into yeah. the cake. Is it blue or is it pink? Well, even then, I'm just kind of like, that's a little unfair to the baby, not even giving the baby a chance to kind of be like, um... Who they are? Yeah, because wouldn't that suck? Have a giant expensive party and be like, hey... Sorry, wrong... <laughs> Sorry, fam. Wrong gender. Yeah. Um, so wait, I just want to know, you go to your mom, you're three years old, you go to your dad... You know what? I think this penis is in the wrong place. Pretty much. No, I mean, I is just, that how you do it? Yeah, I know. I just went up and I asked like it was the most natural thing in the world. I said, when do I get to be a girl? And it was, it, to me, that was like totally normal. I was like, I just expected. You just thought this was a cruel joke. <laughs> Pretty much. a cruel joke on you. Pretty much. I was like, I don't know what the big idea is, but I'm ready to like move that right? penis. And, um, and, and, and you did do that. I, eventually, yeah. Yes. It was a process, but we did it. So um, how did that process go once you told them? Well, it was through people's reactions that I realized that it wasn't necessarily, you know, like, quote unquote, normal. Um, but but it's your normal. Exactly, so it is normal. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Um, but it, so my parents, they were just, they were like, what? You're what? Had they ever no. known anybody? No. Or, no. So this was a no. first for them, too. Absolutely. Well, mind you, this was back in the early 90s. Well, late 90s. I was born in 97. I don't know how time works. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, it's, what time is it? It's too yeah, early. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's too early. To, exactly. Uh, but before you told them, so you were three. Yeah. Was it after you told them or before you told them that a Halloween costumes became princesses after. instead of prince? After I told them, absolutely. Well, it was 
a, it was a process to even get that because we, I always found myself making compromises with my parents. I wanted to be a princess. And they said, well, how about a prince? Yeah. And I wanted to be a witch. Um, and they were like, okay, well, how about a witch who wears pants? Which, of course, then was devastating. Now, all about it. Right. Now I'm like, if I can wear pants on right. Halloween, that's... <laughs> right, right. But you were fighting for something back then. Absolutely. I'm and like, late wearing... October, pants are a good idea. And also, wearing a dress, I guess, was really Validating. a representation. Absolutely. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. How did your brother handle it? You know, my a lot of people always want to know how my brother took it when I came out to him, and I never had to. He already knew, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he, he. It was just. It was twins kind of like have a, that kind of bond. Yeah, where you can. It's like mind reading each other. So Absolutely. he knew already. Yeah, it was just kind of. It, I think for him, it was always kind of a less. And I was no big deal to, for him. I was talking to him about this recently, and he was. He was kind of like, yeah, no, I just kind of always recognized you more just as you know my sibling, and it was less important whether you were a boy or a girl. It was just you know you were my twin. Right, you're my blood. Okay, so. You tell everybody, everybody's on board. How did you proceed at such a young age? You're now going to start schools. Mm -hmm. How did the transitioning begin? Yeah. So the transitioning didn't begin really until I could get my parents on board. My mom, it took a while. Um, But for her, she didn't really have the same expectations um, surrounding uh, sex and gender that my dad did because she kind of grew up in an unconventional family anyway. Um, so for her, it was less concerning with, you know, what are the neighbors going to be thinking? She was more concerned with whether, you know, me and Jonas were going to be bullied, bullied safe around the neighbors. Right. And so she knew like in her research, you know, at this point, early two thousands, any representation of trans folks on television was as sex workers, as, um, drug addicts or, uh, murder victims and cop shows, which is not. You know, the greatest stuff to find when you're looking for information about your five-year-old. Right. <laughs> I would guess so, not. <laughs> yeah. It's probably pretty devastating. Yeah, what's worse, that and or the prophecy from Harry Potter. And Right. And your dad was probably wondering, how are we going to tell the neighbors? My dad wasn't even thinking about it. <laughs> My dad was just kind of like, if I'm not thinking about it, if I'm not looking at it, if I'm not talking about it, it's, it's not happening. Away. Exactly. Yeah, so he really dead. dove himself into hobbies and he just ignored it completely. But he didn't love you less. No, exactly. And that's what was great about my dad was he never made it a point to be like, I don't love you. I don't, you know, you are a disappointment to me. It was just like, this is something you're only going to do when you play dress up or Uh, when no one else is around. Did he think you were going to grow out of it? Probably. Probably. And he, you know, he was having that, Then, you know, he kind of had like one of those half light bulb moments where he really, really just wished I was gay. You know, I was just going to say, being gay is one thing for a parent, and most parents don't even accept that. Absolutely. They're crazed about that. But then to come to your parents at such a young yeah, age. Yeah, well, with being gay, you don't have to get the insurance involved. Right. Well, did you have to do that for reassignment? Mm-hmm. That's... And insurance pays for that? It's It varies. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it's, there's an, it's not a set rule. Goes per basis. Pretty much. Wow, that's amazing. All right, so now you're old enough, you're going to school. Yeah. I, I, I think I saw this, you said this on uh, to Ellen, that you couldn't even take the bus to school because the kids would call you it. Yeah. Yeah, I took what the... What was that like? I took the bus to school until I was in probably fifth grade. So, f- first... And were you already 
transitioning by the time, like wearing girls' clothes? Yeah, so we did a very slow transition um, because it was kind of like, we grew up in kind of a conservative area. So... Which you tore it apart and changed that. We're going to get into well, what you did there. That's, that's Bravo that's to the you. Tea. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Um, and so we started off with, I started kind of wearing pink. Then the next year I started growing my hair out. Then the next, and so it was kind of like a gradual thing. Um, every year we kind of like tacked a little bit more onto it. So I wasn't like. Shocking. I wasn't startling anybody. I wasn't but, spooking the but other But by kids. the way, boys grow their hair long. Yeah. Boys wear pink. So you, you were definitely not in that startling. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so how long was it uh, till you were fully? Fifth grade. Fifth grade. Okay. So is that when the bathroom incident occurred? Mm-hmm. So tell everybody what happened and tell everybody what your dad and your mom did. It's yeah. so brilliant. Yeah. So, um... So you're fifth grade, yeah, so you go to the bathroom and you go to the girls' bathroom because you're a girl. Absolutely. And what happens? Yeah. So I'm taking, um, so at this point I had finished my transition um, and there was still a little bit of bullying. It wasn't anything that I couldn't really handle. Um, of course I had been calling, people had been calling me it on the bus. Well, one girl had been calling me it on the bus, but she got hers. I called her a dumbass in fourth grade and everyone went, ooh. <laughs> I'd say she got hers now, considering where you've ended up, and she's probably still on that. She's probably driving that bus. Okay, so <laughs> don't you worry. I hope so. Um, no, and so it wasn't anything like I really couldn't handle. It was you know terrible, but the the nice people far outweighed you know who was being nasty. But in fifth grade, I was using the bathroom, and we had a new student. And his grandfather was a part of this special interest Christian right group. And he didn't think that it was okay that I was using the girls' bathroom. Um, but you had been using the girls' since bathroom third grade. since third grade. Since third grade. And no one had questioned it. No one had said idiot. a thing. Okay. And the, the only thing that changed between fourth and fifth grade was in fourth grade and third grade, there were like little single stall bathrooms attached to the, each of the classrooms. And in fifth grade, to kind of like prepare you for middle school, they had like the stalls. Um, but this was totally fine and of course we all loved it because now all the girls could like go together and we could like talk about boys in the mirror and like you know like fix our hair and things. absolutely yeah yeah i mean we all go to the bathroom in packs you saw what happened to hermione granger yeah and <laughs> and me so i'm pretty much hermione granger you kind of remind me of her i mean i went to the bathroom alone and look what happened i got attacked by a troll so uh, exactly and so that's why ladies don't go to the bathroom alone <laughs> Because bad shit happens. Exactly. Um, <laughs> um, All right. So, so this his, idiot calls you out. Yeah. And so he goes to the principal. Yes. Well, he so he has his grandson um, make a political statement on his behalf, and so his grandson follows me into the bathroom, and he says that we don't have to have any faggots in our school. And wow. Painful. In, in fifth grade. And I had. Did ne- you even know what that word no, meant? I had right? never heard that word before. Because that is life. such a weird word. Nobody even uses that word. Real, right? Well, right? I use that word now in reference to myself. <laughs> but, I mean, you you didn't even know what that meant, No, right? it was the first time I'd ever heard it. Um, and I, I really had no idea what was going on. But that was – what had happened was that was the moment that all of our hard work with the school had come undone. Because, of course, we'd been working with the school for, you know, five years and we'd been communicating. Were you the only and, transgender in school? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so we'd been working really, really closely with the school and with the guidance counselor and with the administration and with the teachers. And we had this open uh, channel of dialogue where everyone was like, we were asking questions and we were taking things slow. 
But when this happened, at the same time, this grandfather's group had been threatening the school with a lawsuit um, because they were saying that um, it was an infringement on the grandson's rights, which I was like, show your work. Um, but I don't know. It was. That's a stretch. Woo, that's a reach. It was it was a split down the middle. It was a side aerial. It was but it caused splits a lot of on trees. It was every it was every stretch. Mm. Um, it was side lunges. God, it, it it was so the so the school thought okay, if they got scared and they thought okay, if the problem is Nicole using the girls' bathroom, Nicole won't use the girls' bathroom anymore. Well, where will Nicole go? To the single stall teachers' bathroom. Oh. Yeah. Well, they tried, you know what? They tried to make it sound all, um, they tried to like. Like you were so important and like, special. Yeah. They kind of, yeah. they were like, oh my God, you're going to have your yeah. own mirror. Right. Here's the thing. Mirrors calibrated for the heights of teachers and the heights of fifth graders are wildly different. So that, that all that did wow, was piss me off more. <laughs> that's interesting. Um, I never would have thought of that. Yeah. Well, so yeah, they were like, oh my God, yeah, you're going to have your own mirror. And I was like, I can't even look at myself in this. This is bullshit. Um, and so I, I it, what, well, what it did was it effectively um, isolated me from everyone else and it sent a message that, hey, here's this student that's so different from you guys that she can't be allowed to exist in the same spaces as you. Oof. I mean, we've seen, you know, what separating people in bathrooms does. Doesn't really always end ev- well ever. Um, but I mean, that just must have made you feel like shit. Oh, absolutely. I mean, how could you even feel good about yourself when now you're you're the girl with the cooties absolutely no you can't it's terrible i mean honestly but and it's sad and it sends a message to the rest of the community it sure did but your dad sent a different message my dad did well that's when he really got on board (laughs) yep because we started having trouble with folks from the school that we had never had problems with before people were bullying me who had never given me trouble before because when the folks in charge send that kind of a message, sure, then they feel righteous. Then everyone else is like, yeah. "Oh, this is what this is the thing to do." It's a pile on. Well, you see what's happening today with Trump. The president's able to bully everybody, so everyone's like, "Oh, I can be a giant asshole and be held right. unaccountable." Oh, don't get me started. Don't get me started. <laughs> don't get us all started. Oh, it is. <laughs> what time is it? It is ten. O- it is ten o'clock, and I will go off. <laughs> I've been up. I've been up for an hour, and I am ready to fight. No, I mean honestly, uh, that's a fight you should. Uh, you know how they say choose your battle. That's the battle oh, you should choose. I mean, you're doing so much already for the transgender community. Um, but I love what your parents did. Yes. In 2014, they filed a lawsuit, which made history. By well, the way, well, here's the thing: they filed the lawsuit way before then. Um, so when I was in uh, sixth grade. Um, that was probably 2008, 2009. Um, really? Yeah. So when all of this happened and it was getting all a whole bunch of media attention, my, that's when my dad finally really got on board because he's like, I may not understand it, but I will be damned if anyone is going to attack my child and attack my family. So that's when he really got on board. And my mom is a freaking pit bull. And sh- so she was in the school every day in the principal's office, in the superintendent's office, fighting with them, trying to make sure, you know, like, OK, well, we had this great thing. We had this great uh, communication happening. How can we get that back? But of course, at that point, the school had already shut down. They'd, they'd already made up their mind. 
And so then they had given me, um, they'd Did also you ever think me, of being homeschooled after that or getting out of school? They thought about it, but you know, that's where all my friends were. And that's you wanted where, to stay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so they gave me a bodyguard also. Oh, really? Yeah. It was, you had to go to school with a bodyguard. Yep. It was a, it was a, one of the staff who would follow me around and pretty much it was to make sure that I was using the right bathroom. Because before I got the bodyguard, not I, to make sure you're okay that nobody's hurting you. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, that's yeah. what they said. It was for my protection. I'm like, no one's gonna jump me. I'm like, we're sixth grade in the sticks in Orno, Maine. No one here is bad. <laughs> no one here is tough. No one's straight. No one's gonna jump me. And at that point, I had taken Taekwondo, so I was feeling pretty. <laughs> I was feeling pretty, uh, pretty, pretty confident. Pretty confident. Yep. Well, cut to sixth grade when I did get in a fight and I got my ass kicked. Turns out the Taekwondo didn't help. <laughs> didn't help at all. Yeah, but those long legs of yours must have. Nope. Nope. They didn't. They didn't. Nope. Oh, it just man. gave me a just gave me a, a higher height to fall from. Um, well, he fight, so the lawsuit happened in 2008, but really didn't come to light till t- 2014. Yeah. So when we left the school in 2000, um, in, in, after sixth grade. Um, we filed a lawsuit on the basis of unlawful discrimination because as of 2005, under the Maine Human Rights Act, um, sexual orientation and gender identity were a protected class. And so legally, the school could not have done what they did. However, it's another one of those matters of, you know, this is on the books, but is it being enforced? So we filed a lawsuit and it took five years and it finally was settled in 2014 it went to we lost in superior court and we appealed and went to the main state supreme court and you won and we won in 2014 Roe versus regional school unit 26 suck it (laughs) (laughs) all right we'll be right back we're going to take a little break how powerful is cox internet powerful enough to let your band members in vegas phoenix and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. All right, we're back. Um, and uh, this story, to me, I could talk to you all day long. You're probably sick of everyone asking you all these questions. But um, after the lawsuit and you won, you mm-hmm. must have felt so vindicated. Your family mm-hmm. must have felt vindicated. And all the while, you're still living in this teeny tiny town, right? Well, at this point, we'd moved to Portland, Maine. Oh, good. Yeah. After sixth grade, um, we packed up and we moved. And so my mom, my brother and I moved two hours south to Portland. My dad stayed behind, so he kept his job at the university and for the next six years we didn't live with my dad and we only saw him on weekends and is it true for those next six years you or almost most of those six years you downplayed your situation and backed it off for the rest of middle school yeah yeah it was uh, because of course you know how like all every school is kind of like we have a zero tolerance policy on bullying like we take that very seriously and it is 100 percent of the time complete and utter crap right they're always like, we take bullying very seriously. I'm like, no, you don't, Brenda. You- <laughs> no, you don't, Brenda. That's a 90210 uh, for everyone who doesn't know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like you, I'm like you throw someone in detention, and that's kind of it, and that's never stopped a bully ever. <laughs> 
But was that weird for you to go backward? Here it was, you had made such progress. It was the first time I'd ever had to really be in the closet because I was always kind of very, like when I was in elementary school, it was very part of my introduction. I was like, hi, I'm, you know, Wyatt. I'm a, at that point I was saying. How did you I was come a, up with Nicole? The name Nicole? Zoe 101. Oh. <laughs> Get out. That yeah. is hysterical. There's a character right in Zoe 101 who I was like, she seems neat. That's hysterical. I was like, she's messy like me. I like her. <laughs> All right. So you make it through middle school. You got to back your ass up, but you still make it through. Yeah. Then you go to high school and there was one girl who changed everything Absolutely, for you. Tell yeah. us that. So after middle school, I'd really shut down. Um, I, re- I stopped having friends over. I stopped, you know, going out, having sleepovers, all that, because I didn't really know how to navigate friendships that way. Um, when I had to so actively kind of hide who I was. And I only had to do it for two years. I can only imagine what it's like to do that for longer. So in high school, we went to a private school called Waynefleet because that was really the only school kind of in the region that we thought was ready for a trans student. Um, and so what they do is the, so for the first like week of school, they take the class, the, um, freshman class and they drop them in the middle of the main woods and pretty much tell us to get along. It's called outdoor experience. And so like you hike and you like stay in yurts and you do all that. It's a, it was, um, it's a bonding. It it was bonding, (laughs) you know, cut to when we got lost in the woods, um, Um, And so I became really friendly with this girl named Leah. Um, You still talk to her? All the time. Oh, great. All the time. She's fantastic. I'm so happy to hear that you two became friends after this. Oh, yeah. Because she had your back like nobody's business. Yeah. And so we we just became really good friends. Um, We were uh, at the campfire singing Lady Gaga songs. Um, A bonding experience if I've ever seen one. Um, And on the bus ride home, and I hadn't told anyone that entire week. And I was so excited to, but I, I, no, I kind of realized I, at that point I had to, hadn't had to really come out to somebody. Well, I hadn't really had to come out to my peers for since, years. Yeah. For years. Yeah. Because, you know, in fourth, third, and, fourth, and fifth grade. And then you grade, get kind of scared to tell your secret, right? Because you don't mm-hmm. know how people are going to react. Absolutely. And now you're happy and you have these friends well, and it's you're that, living that life. Yeah, and, it's that innocent kind of courage that yeah. little kids have. Yeah. When I was younger, that I was so able to just be like, I'm trans. Right. But then when you're older and you really... You and can, you've already been you understand about it. And you understand yeah. how rotten people can be. That's when it really gets harder. Yeah. Um, don't even get me started on dating now. Ugh, oh, I can't, oy vey. I can't wait to hear about um, that. <laughs> there's no, there's nothing to hear. It's just terrible. Um, well, just so you know, it's terrible for us non-trans too. Okay. <laughs> Solidarity, so you know, and that is really the sisterhood of of womankind. This has nothing to do with being trans, yeah. okay? So, so you tell her your secrets. Yes. Well, so on the bus ride home, um, I I still haven't told anybody, and so she leans over to me, and we're sitting together, and she says, "Listen, I have something I need to tell you. I'm pansexual." Did you even know what that was? That was the first time I'd heard pansexual, and so she explained it to me, um, and she's like, um. I'm like, girl, ooh, do I have a do I have a surprise for you, sister? Um, <laughs> do you ever? <laughs> um, and so, and she was amazing, and of course, she was totally accepting and really enthusiastic about it, uh, which was strange to me. Like she was asking me a bunch of like enthusiastic well, she felt the questions to you. Absolutely, that's what happened. And she really gave me that kind of um, courage, courage and motivation to keep coming out um, to the rest of my school. Um, and every reaction was very similar it was very kind of because it was just the school was a very um 
unique place where it was just it's very progressive and it's very just like yes and what's the secret right um so it's very accepting it's very very accepting and so um she so yeah she was really um that is so cool that yeah. you were able to do that all right and then in 2016 you and your family were the subject of a book yeah right mm-hmm. called becoming nicole the extraordinary transformation of an ordinary family yeah did you participate in that book or yeah. somebody just wrote it about you? yeah so we um so when my dad wasn't living with us he would take the bus to and from portland and on those bus rides, he started journaling how he was feeling, just what he was going through. And we had a friend who he was talking to and that had taken a look at them. She was like, you know, this could really be something. This could be a book. Um, and so we got in contact with a um, random house who was our publisher. And they set us up with Amy Ellis Nutt, who is a science writer from the Washington Post. Um, and she started um, and we just we gave her everything. Um, we gave her family records, photos, videos, um, old writing assignments from Jonas and I. Um, and she would, you know, come and visit us and she'd stay with us and follow us around. And, you know, um, she had just like, you know, a little journalist notepad, just write everything. We had some friends over um, and we were playing video games in the living room and she was sitting behind us just scribbling like mad. Um and did she yeah. come did she come to know your family from the lawsuit is that how she yeah knew who she you was were? yeah cuz yeah. i'm certain that your family wasn't um publicizing all of this around town right um we uh, we had kind of started in we were part of a boston globe article oh um in i want to say 2011 2012 um that was very very um that was a huge, huge step for our family that really kind of kick-started um, advocacy for us. Which you are truly an amazing, I mean, besides an actress, an advocate, I mean, an advocate, like nobody's business. Oh, I'm you. assuming you've done a lot of therapy. Well, yeah, <laughs> I've been I'm in therapy assuming. since, I have been in therapy since I was in third grade. Do you still struggle at all with any of this for acceptance or anything? Is that still a daily struggle for you? Yeah, yeah, it's, well, you know, um, between, you know, uh, depression and anxiety and um, all, just all the hangups I have surrounding um, being trans, there's, st- I still have days where I'm like, ooh, what's that? Oh, crippling depression lovely (laughs) um but and so i'm not in i'm not in therapy anymore um but i was in therapy from third grade through my freshman year of college well you seem very balanced i mean you really do thank you i'm a libra (laughs) (laughs) well there you go the scales are even um but i was i was in counseling for so long and so i have now i have the tool set that Right. I, I know kind of how to deal with that. And I have so many wonderful people. Do you ever regret your decision? Do you ever think to what? To going with how you felt about gender? Do you oh, ever think, oh, no. no, maybe I made a mistake? You know, not until Snapchat came out with that filter ah! that showed me how gorgeous I would have been. No, I've never. Never, right? Never. Never. No. So I mean, is- now I know I would look fantastic with a man bun, but... <laughs> Not as fantastic as I, I look got with these news for you. If I showed you my Snapchat with a man bun, you'd be running. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you graduate high school, and I don't even think you were thinking about acting, were you? Even though you participated, yeah. In- well, it was something that I'd love to do, and, it, and and dress up for me was always validating because that was that one time where I could wear whatever I want and I could 
be whoever I want. I could identify however I felt. And so that was an incredibly uh, validating activity and an incredibly validating time for me. And so when I started acting, um, I mean, that was just adult dress up. Um, so I was like, this is fantastic. And how did that start acting? How did- so it was re- I just started doing drama club ah. in sixth grade. Um, no. Uh, yeah, in sixth grade. And then I didn't start acting on television until I was a senior in high school. What was your first paid acting gig? Royal Pains. Oh, I love that show. My friend writes that show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that show. Yeah. And oh, so, that's great. So, yeah, when I was a senior in high school, um, I'd known I, 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 w- I wanted to pursue acting, but I was like, I'm from Maine. No one's from Maine. Anna Kendrick's from Maine, but that's about it. Hey, Anna um, Kendrick's made a hell of a career. She has. <laughs> she has. We're from the same town. Um city portland um and uh is maine's your real last name yeah oh because i'm thinking portland maine maybe she took that name here's the thing here's yeah right here's the thing in um maine there's a town called wayne maine oh and my dad's name is wayne and so we went there and we went to their general store and we bought a bunch of wayne maine merchandise and they thought they thought we were maniacs that's like hysterical. we had like a comedic like amount of stuff in our arms. That's hysterical. Um, and then you well, know I would have yeah. too if my name was yeah. Wayne and I was in Maine, right? All right, so you do Royal Pains, and so, then I think Supergirl happens. Well, yeah, so I do Royal Pains, and I re- and I it was amazing. Everyone was so fantastic and so nice, and you were bit. That was it, it. The bug happened. absolutely, and I was like, can I do this for the rest of my life? So naturally, I didn't work for three years. Well, isn't that how it goes? But isn't that yeah. how it goes, right? Yeah. And then I got um, in contact a couple years later with my fabulous agents and my fabulous managers. Yeah, you did. You got um, lucky, boy. Yeah. They oh, got yeah, lucky, but you got lucky, too. Oh, yeah. All right. So Supergirl happens, which changed your life. Yeah. So I did um, college for three years. And the whole time I'm doing self-tapes and sending stuff in. I'm, you know, I'm reading with my dad and my boyfriend at the time and uh, my roommates and really whoever I can grab to ruin their afternoon um and nothing really happened and then the spring after my um junior year of college i got um this movie called bit which is an indie film um written and directed by brad michael elmore um and it's about this trans girl who goes to los angeles to visit her brother and while she's there she gets um uh, she falls in with this group of intersectional feminist vampires. It's kind of like Lost Boys um, meets uh, Bratz. Oh. It's really cool. When you go on these auditions and you get, do they know you're transgender? Do you yeah. say that up front to them? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Do you think you have to? No, I don't have to. You think it gives you an edge? Um, I, I mean, think, when I I'm reading for trans might, roles, right? it does. Why wouldn't it give her an edge, right? When I'm yeah, when I'm reading for trans, when I'm reading for trans roles, when it, when I read for are there that many trans roles? Now there are really well. Now thanks to you, maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks great. to you, maybe, because yeah. um, you've des- definitely changed the landscape. Well, I can't, there is no question about it. Well, I can't take all the credit for that. Yeah, you can. No, you can. You are the first transgender superhero. Come on, <laughs> come on. Tell everybody what your character is and what her yeah. name is. Yeah. So I was um. So I was in um, Los Angeles. I read for Supergirl 2, and I met with Robert and Jessica, and um, we just got along famously. And so, and the next day, they asked me if I wanted to be on Supergirl. 
Um, and so I was like, ooh, do I want to study art at an engineering school for another year? Or oh, do geez. I want to... Let me weigh that do I on my be a Libra Yeah, right? It was an easy so. choice. Um, so I went up to Vancouver, and so I play uh, Nia Nall slash Dreamer. Um, who what is, are your powers? So I dream the future. Oh. Yeah. And... Uh, and I also get um, cool gloves um, made for me by uh, the legendary incomparable Brainiac 5 um, that harness um, my dream energy powers um, and I can like shoot energy blasts and I um God, I do a great power right and now uh, and now I do um I do like lassos oh, now too what are you Wonder Woman now well I'm everybody <laughs> I, I can dream the future I can do energy blasts I can do lassos I I mean I I can do it all. I mean, I, am. I, I watched you on an episode. You were fantastic and oh, so beautiful. Just so beautiful. I also watched something else that made me cry, and I don't want to start crying. I watched your TED Talk. Oh, uh, You know what made me cry with that TED Talk? Oh, God, I had to I do my just... makeup with one bronzer palette. <laughs> <laughs> That's what made me cry. <laughs> oh, well, thanks for breaking that right up for me. You're welcome. No, I really, I have to say, um, I was scared for you, Mm -hmm. and I wasn't anywhere near you. I'm at home on the couch, and you're standing alone on this little stage. It's a TEDx. Mm -hmm. For those of you who don't know about TED Talks, it's just you and a group of people, and you're telling your story. And you have some teleprompter with no nothing. And your story, you told your story so beautifully. You you. executed it so, I mean, you're 21. You shouldn't be able to do what you do. I mean, right? I'm sorry. I remember me at 21. I was at the Sugar Shack. I wasn't doing TED Talks. Okay. I spend a lot of time at the Sugar Shack, too. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it, it just was amazing. Um, something else that I feel you were very instrumental in. Uh, Scarlett Johansson backed out yeah. of playing a trans character in the film Rub and Tub. Yeah. What a name. Um, and That's I my name think- in high school. <laughs> I think you're the reason that she backed out, and I think your reasoning for saying anything about it was so that real transgender actors can have the chance of the role. Yeah, so I think uh, there was, there, you know, there was a lot of, um, I think, negativity going around, and it was kind of painting her in a bad light. And I, and when I spoke about, out about it, I really wanted to make sure that it was nothing against her, because I personally think she's fabulous. Um, and but you made an impact on her because she backed out well, right yeah. after. Well, yeah. So when I, when cis actors are taking, um, these roles, I don't think it's coming from a place of, you know, like malice or negativity. It's coming from a place of, you know, I'm an actor and, you know, I'm going to, you know, take Play this, role. this role because yeah. a lot of the conversation does come from, well, you know, they are actors. You should be able to play whatever role that you want. And that's true to a certain degree. But you also have to take into account what um, is being seen, what the audience is taking from that um, as a viewer, what is kind of happening on the other side of uh, the fourth wall, if you will. When you see um, a transgender character played by a woman or played by um, a man, it's sending that message that they are men in dresses. And that they are playing dress up. And that's kind of where some of that narrative comes from with the whole bathroom argument that, oh, it's going to be, you know, adult men wearing dresses to get into the bathrooms for 
whatever reason. Well, that happened. That conversation resurfaced again quite, quite big with Caitlyn Jenner. Do you know her? Yeah, I did. I went out to dinner with her. Did you? Yeah. I mean, I, I've known Caitlyn since Kate, as you have since Caitlyn was Bruce. Mm-hmm. So to watch this has been really something for us. But I think that came up again when when he transitioned uh, to Caitlyn. Have you met Laverne? Have you met Laverne Cox? I've met her once. And I love the greatest. Isn't she the greatest? I love her so much. She is really she. You know what? That's where you're headed. You're (laughs) headed to her platform. She's fantastic. I mean, really fantastic. So much. Um, You've you've just done so much already for the community. What's next? Um, oh god, well, what's next? Uh, another season of Supergirl. Yay! Um, <laughs> which I'm very excited about. I go back up in a couple weeks. I'm very excited to see everybody. I love that you are having the best time. They are so That is so fantastic. fantastic. It is so so fantastic. So I'm really excited to go back up there um and to see all of them. Um my yeah, I'm really excited. And what about movies, girls over here to my right? Are we going to be getting her into some movies? So, so Bit... Do we have something? Because honestly, if I don't see her on the big screen, I'm be very disappointed. So Bit is actually making its festival rounds right now. Ah. It just had its debut in Toronto. Um, and so now it's going to be in San Francisco at the Frameline Festival on June 22nd. All right. So, and I will be there. Fantastic. So I'm very excited. All right. And lastly, I, I, this is a question from, uh, a listener, if you will, uh, who I had said on the air this morning on CARE that I was going to be interviewing you. Uh, first of all, they say you're amazing. Oh, thank you. And, uh, what they're asking, what encouragement could you give to kids who are going through the same thing and their family? Okay, yeah. So I think, first of all, that's a very good question. Um, second of all, I think the most important thing that, because my dad and I talk about this a lot, a lot of kids um, before they come out have been wrestling with this idea of transitioning and coming out and of being trans for a while. And so they've had kind of time to kind of come to terms with that. And this is the first time that your parents are hearing of this. This is the, this is, you know, all brand, and maybe this could be all brand new to them. So I think one of the most important things is having a certain degree of patience with your parents and understanding that, you know, this might take a little while for them to understand because it could be all brand new to them. Um, so, Really, one of the most important things that we try to stress when we go speaking is don't give up on your parents. You know, it might take some time, but they do love they come you. Around. They come around. Um, there are, my dad says, um, what is it? It's, you know, something like 20% of the world is good people. Um, 10% are people who are just nasty and don't, and aren't going to, but then the other... What's math? What's math? What's the rest of the press? Oh, no, they told 70? me there'd be no math. Se- whatever. <laughs> whatever. A lot of... Whatever. Sorry. There's a percentage of the world that's good, a percentage of the world that's bad, and a percentage of the world that is good and just doesn't know it yet. And so they just need to be given time and patience and education. Um, that's great advice. What yeah. about for the person themselves? For the person themselves, I would say... Well, there's a lot of advice I could give. Um the first thing is recognizing that you owe no one anything. 
You owe nobody your transition. You owe nobody your story. You don't have, you can make the choice to transition and never tell a soul that you're trans. Never tell anyone uh, what your old name used to be. Um, Never tell anyone anything. You don't have to because that is such a part of your identity and that is such a part of your truth that that I think it takes a certain amount of trust to give that to somebody. I'll say. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, you owe, and so you owe that you owe your, and that's not even just a trans thing. That's that, that goes for everybody. You don't owe anybody anything. Um, do you tell your boyfriends? Oh yeah, you do. Yeah. I'm, I am very aware that I am a trans woman living in Trump's America and I am not going down like that. So you just tell everybody. Yeah. Well, it's. Re- do you ever get a negative really response? Scary. Um, very rarely. I mean, nowadays. Because, but to me, I could never even see a boy when I look at you. Thank you. I mean, honestly, I really don't. Well, it's you know, it's scary because you hear all of these stories and you hear, um, it just. I mean, it is very dangerous to be a trans woman in America, and I benefit from a certain amount of privilege. You know, saying, you know, I pass relatively well. I am white. I am upper class. I have that platform that allows me um, a certain level of protection. Um, But for trans women of color and trans women of color who don't necessarily pass as well, it is a very, very dangerous environment right now. I mean, we keep seeing that. It feels like every week, you know, a new um, woman has been taken from us too soon. Mm. And so... When it comes to dating, hearing stories like that is terrifying. When so I was, so you tell the truth. You know, it's not necessarily the truth because it, it, it's not lying if you choose not to tell somebody. But I, I, I choose to be open with that because it makes me feel better personally. Right. Um, and your story's out there, so it'd be and, kinda, and at this point, it'd be kind of no hard. It'd be kind of hard I, yeah, to hide your story, but you don't get negative. Nobody like not not as much anymore. Good. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, but oh my god, I had this one boyfriend, and his mom, <laughs> her whole hang up, and she was fine with it. But her hang up was she was like, "But you can't have biological children." I'm like, "Yeah, I won't be able to pass down your shitty attitude, Brenda." <laughs> I was like, "Get off my back." Touche. Um, Touche. No, Do you but there's children because uh, you clearly can adopt. Yeah, yeah. I think I think so. Yeah, right? um, I think so. I mean, you're a baby. You're 21. Yeah, so. I'm not thinking about you that. That stresses me. That stresses me out. <laughs> um, um, no, but the, I I hear new advances in science every day. Um, and so I you never know. And so you know, for me, probably no. For the future, maybe. And that's right. fantastic. Well, that's good enough. Nicole, this is really some story. You are some, you really are a special girl. Thank you very uh, much. Could you give out your social handles so people can of follow course. your story and follow yeah, your career? I am Nicole A. Mains on Twitter and on Instagram. Those are my two professional ones. Don't go trying to find my Tumblr because you ain't going to find it. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, you can give out your management, so and your agents and everybody. Yes, so I'm people, represent- if they're looking for you, yes, I'm represented by the legendary Dee Dee Binder and Gwen Pepper at Defining Artists. <laughs> yes, hashtag Defining Artists. Hashtag hashtag <laughs> Defining Artists. Hashtag Jewish Mothers. Hashtag Defining Artists. Artists. Hashtag Lachaim. <laughs> right. I'm hashtag learning. Lachaim. There I'm you learning. go. 
Oh, you're the best. You really, you're really beyond your years. Oh, thank you. You are wise, much. you are beautiful, and I can just wish you the best. Oh, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Oh, thank you. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 